Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. I am Trevor Kizan. I'm Super Chub. And here in Michael's apartment, we're recording. I had most of my coffee this time. Oh, boy. <laughs> and you and I am feeling it. I'm dancing. I'm doing some little some little hand gestures, and I'm, I'm ready to go. We're taking Michael. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. My name is Michael. I am a chaser, and uh, I... I opted for no coffee. I'm a non-caffeinated boy this morning. What? I've, I've I the last few days I have been feeling jittery and like overstimulated, and I just I needed to not. So today I am chill, Michael. My glasses are fogging up. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because my eyeballs are hot. He's gonna blow. <laughs> well, hello. My name is Don Marshall. I'm a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood, and today I am your chocolate ham and cheese podcast boy. Because holy hell, normally I don't actually have <laughs> breakfast before this, but I got a ham and cheese croissant and a nice cup of hot chocolate. So I'm sugared, fatted, and proteined, ready to go. A classic combination. Very <laughs> French. That makes you excited. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name is Dan Oliverio, author and public speaker and chubby chaser. Uh, and I just think this is a fine morning for a delicious cup of coffee. So sorry, Michael. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's okay. Um, <laughs> I have I've quadruple checked since we started the show that we are in fact recording. I see You're the big sure. red light. It's, Check it's it one red. more time. I will, and I'm worried about like reaching just in that direction oh, on please. the board because no, it's I yeah, I'm paranoid now. It's probably a good thing. It's a good paranoia. Mm-hmm. It's a good paranoia. Yeah. Um, well, we have some exciting news. Uh, we launched the Patreon on April 17th, my mm-hmm. birthday, and we already have 30 people signed up, which is, seems kind of insane to me. So it's great. So wonderful. Hold on, hold I on. Mean, Wait, I have it. This is my first debut. Oh, oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you, Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Oh, that's the best it. use yeah. of the applause sound effect. So that brings us... Maybe about halfway to our goal at this point? Yeah. Just about halfway. Our goal being to pay the sound editor yeah, enough. Yeah, to have a recurring ability to pay the sound editor for every show that we do. Um, we've been putting together some cool Patreon content. We're also going to be working on some some little mini-sodes at some point. Uh, mm-hmm. we, oh, I have yeah, ideas. Trevor's got some ideas. But thank you so much. Like, really, really, really thank you. Like, my, yes. I don't know if anybody follows me on Instagram, but I put up a little video last night just, like, personally thanking people because I... I mean, we all benefit, but I'm the one who's sort of directly <laughs> yes. benefiting from from your generosity. So we really appreciate it. We feel the love and uh, let's keep it going. If you yeah. haven't signed up for Patreon, if you've just been forgetting, now is your opportunity. Go pa- pause the show. We'll wait. We'll be here. You mm-hmm. can't begin to understand the difference this is making for Michael's life. This is the first time I've showed up in his apartment and I haven't heard Russian boat music playing in the background <laughs> in months. <laughs> you know, it's wonderful. <laughs> you know? And to be clear, we're not paying Michael because we wouldn't do oh, that. Oh, yeah, no, no. Yeah, I don't know if that was ever clear or not. I don't know. I, I was never, I was paid. We're just, freeing and, him, we're just freeing him up to actually do the show mm-hmm. and just do the show. Yeah. Focus on the part of the show that I really enjoy doing, which is recording it. Also, in exciting. Oh, my God, this is so exciting. Exciting local news. Hold on. We need a, we need a. Do I'm we shaking. Have, do we have anything for this? No, I don't think so. No. Um, How about Trevor? It's it's happening. <laughs> it's real. It's this summertime. It's the Big Fat Gay Podcast live in Bigger Vegas. Yay! It's happening. More applause. <laughs> <laughs> because why not? Um, it's we're so, all okay, super so, excited about it. Spoiler, I guess. People who actually went to our events page before this episode dropped, I put it up because it's already live on the bigger Vegas website. Mm-hmm, so I was mm-hmm. like, just for posterity, like to make sure everything's all linked up. Yeah. It's, it's already there. It's Someone real. was actually like, they messaged us like, why do you still have Big Bayou? Why isn't Bigger Vegas oh, on yeah. the events page? And it's like, well, it's not official yet. And I guess we'll take down Big Bayou. <laughs> so it's yeah. going to be Friday, July 1st. At 12, 12, 12, 15, the doors open, but, but gotta say, this is just for participants, attendees of bigger Vegas. Right. So if you want to see us, got to come to the event. That's yeah, that's exactly right. Which I think is currently sold out. So at this point, but, oh, is there a way to walk in? There is. So they have announced walk-ins how they, this is just genius. If I were, this is what I would do if I were doing it. Yeah. Uh, They're basically going to take, you know, cause it's a massive event. And of course there's going to be cancellations, Mm -hmm. but rather than doling out the cancellations as they come up ahead of time and having to manage all that, they're going to save up all the cancellations and start selling them Monday at the beginning of the event. 
Okay. So if you walk up Monday, of course there's going to be a cancellation. You'll probably get in Monday almost mm -hmm. assuredly. The longer oh. you wait, obviously the more they're going to sell. So those numbers will diminish from the cancellations. Sure, sure. But basically they're going to save up all the cancellations and release them at the door on Monday. You must be there in person to claim your prize. Okay. So if you are there and you come, and what was the day that we're going up? July 1st, Friday. Friday. It's the Friday so of Friday, the Friday, July 1st at what, what time did you say? Um, 12.15 walk in. Okay. 12.30 yeah. show starts. Um, Florentine, Florentine Ballroom A. That's right. We get a whole Ooh. freaking ballroom. We're going to be well, renting all of this AV gear. So if you come there, you're going to get to listen to us record a full recording, a podcast. You'll get yeah. to meet us. We're going to have some uh, chat a little bit. fun and audience Don, interaction bits. And Don, aren't you working on something for the bit? There's a special bit that oh, Don's yeah, we'll, we'll come up with. We'll come up with something special. Everyone's going to get to be a part of the Big Fat Oh, uh, yes. We're going to be, we, we've also been coming up with some cool, I don't want to give too much away depending on what actually gets approved or not, but we've got schemes. <laughs> Never you worry. It's true. There are schemes. We, have, we, have, we have plans. We, we have schemes. Plans. There's many surprises in store. Um, come hang out with us. Uh, and yeah, we're unbelievably excited. Come about say it. hi. We're, you know, we, we look forward to meeting all of you there and we can't wait to get to know you a little better. And we'll have been at the event for a few days up that point. So we'll have stories to tell. I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure at least two of the three, two of the four of us will be drunk at any given time. Yeah, I mean, I, I opted for the drink pass. I was like, that's too oh, good really? of a deal. Yeah, it's just too good of a deal. Like, you can get one drink a day, and there you go. Like, because I'm going to be there for the whole event. Yeah. Um. So, yes, I, I'm fully intend to be I'm just imagining socially surly, lubricated. Surly Michael. <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> get your hands away from my headphones. <laughs> no, I, I have the... I have the benefit of alcohol basically just making me slightly happier and more comfortable. <laughs> so it, it works out. Yeah. I'm, I'm planning my outfit. I'm going to try to have a, there's a yeah, great so outfit. Trevor's mentioned this uh, <laughs> surprise outfit for the show, which now is making me wonder, should we like, should we all come up with a surprise outfit and not show the other people? Like, is this a Shouldn't surprise? We coordinate if we do it, I maybe, but then is we, we all, I had this idea. I do what I always do, and Trevor looks like a star. That's kind of how our marriage well, works. There's, so there's been how, how generous of you. There's been several times where, like, so we went to a Christmas party, and I got Dan a string, uh, like string lights necklace. Oh, right, right. And he didn't want to wear it, and I had mine, and I also had antlers. I think I maybe had I got Dan like an outfit too, but he didn't want to wear it, and everyone was complimenting me on my festive outfit. <laughs> And how great it was and how they wished they had done that. Well, and, I just that, kept and that's at Dan, how it like, should be, my love. <laughs> I have no problem but, letting you take center stage. I know, but you could also. Be, you could, I, I did wear the, I did wear the lights. room in the yes. spotlight, Dan. <clears throat> no, but I did wear the, the, the lights. Yes, that's true. And people did compliment you on that. They did. You could be center, downstage center. Yeah. S slightly behind. Stage left. You mean, up, you mean upstage left. Or upstage, yes. <laughs> the other way. Downstage I always, center is the center. <laughs> yeah, you could stand right in front of Trevor and people could see him around the sides of you. Mm, that's very true. <laughs> well, let's we, let's tear right into it. Yeah, we, we've got it. We've got it. We've got a big I, episode. I like, should I just come up with a sound effect for pop culture at this point? I think you need to. I think we need to. All right, we'll, we'll brainstorm ideas. But yeah. pop culture... Like here we go. Oh my goodness! Like <laughs> Actually, I do have thing. a shame. I have that, but it's eh, not very no. dramatic. It's no. sort of silly. And anyway, um, Thor: Love and Thunder is uh, the new mm -hmm. a one of the many new Marvel movies for which there is a trailer now. Mm -hmm. um, just came out, and if anybody remembers way way back to the Stone Ages, oh my God, this was one times. of our first ever. Mm. Subjects. Of, in fact, I think it is the first subject. I think this was the first thing we talked about on the show. Was the uh, well? I Fat thought it was. Um, or was oh, it was Black Widow. Yeah, Black Widow. Yeah, it was, it was Black, Black Widow, Widow. And then Widow. we jumped yeah. off to Fat Thor from there. So the trailer's out, and the one of the sets of uh, discourse around it is that he, within the first thirty seconds of the trailer, they show him in a weight loss montage, an exercise yes. montage, and then he, of course, is back the, to the reveal. Yeah, of, to yeah. regular, you know. Uh, thin fit muscled Thor uh, for the, for the rest of the movie. So um, there's a lot of disappointment around that. I'm curious what the people in the room think. I also thought there's some very cogent points being made on Twitter about it, which is not mm -hmm. always the case. I mean, um, I knew they were going to have Thor be thin again. Like, yeah, I, yeah. there was no doubt in my mind that like, I knew Thor was not going to be fat in Thor for four. the rest of time. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I didn't think they would necessarily show it on screen. Like the, the actual weight loss weight montage, loss. but given the kind of like 
the realism the, that Marvel is going for, the well, psychological the, realism. I was going to say the um, 80s vibes of the Thor movies, like that it's going, mm-hmm. the, it would be a montage. That <laughs> yeah, <sense. laughs> and it's a Taika Waititi thing too. Like it fits his, his sense of humor. He's still directing this, right? He is mm-hmm. directing, yeah. yes. Um, but like from the trailer, it I it didn't tell me that that happened right at the start of the movie. No, there, it happens at the start of the trailer. Be, yeah, but in, there may be Fat Thor in the movie and people may just be I jumping think, to conclusions. I Absolutely. think he probably isn't Fat Thor in the movie for a little. Like, so yeah. apparently the behind the scenes discussion about this was that they they apparently really did consider whether or not to have him continue to be Fat Thor. And if so, for how long? And then there was also some debate about how long was this after the end of Endgame? And like, has it been months? Mm-hmm. Has it been years? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the amount of time, I don't know. There's a lot, there's clearly they talked about it and it wasn't just a casual like, okay, well, he's got to be thin now. I, in a way, I, if this is the direction they're going, I don't know if I prefer that they put it in the movie or not. It's tough because it's going to blow up the Twitter sphere no matter what. Yeah. If he stays fat, people are going to have an opinion. Mm-hmm. If he just yeah. shows up thin and muscular, people are going to have an opinion. Yeah. If there's a weight loss montage, people are going to have an opinion. So it, there's no avoiding this. Yeah. And I think the, the point that I kind of want to represent is it's not that weight loss is bad and it's not that weight loss is good. Right. It's mm-hmm. just that it's, it's, yeah. it's neutral. Yeah. And so I think it really has a lot to do with how it's presented as, and, and I can understand like there, there are definitely, I think a lot of human beings are, feel, you know, feel like, you know, I feel like this size of me is the real me. Yeah. And I'm not going to comment on whether that's true, false or positive or negative, but people absolutely feel that. And mm-hmm. I will also say that the Thor's body, the Thor becomes fat Thor, not because of a positive experience of growing comfortable with himself and, you know, not feeling the need to strive to be thin Thor anymore. Uh, that body transformation in the movie is presented because of uh, depression, depression mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of losing his entire family and civilization. And, and so it is not depicted as being a good place. That body is depicted as coming from a bad place well, for that character which, which is the, in that moment. Which is what's so, problematic because when you only yeah. have one character who's fat, he therefore speaks yes. for all fat characters yes. and therefore mm. all fat people are depressed. And, well, and that's that's where people get off on the wrong foot. I agree. But if you're just looking at the one character. And yeah, just exactly. That one if you picture, just let they, the character be the character. Sorry, yeah. Michael. And they, they do make, the, I think they, at this point, at the time that we talked about it, they hadn't come out and said this yet but the writers in in this variety article that we're talking about at the time uh, or have ref, uh, reflected back on their choice to write it specifically so that as his emotional journey completes by the end of Endgame losing weight is not a factor in that yes yeah. Yeah. they they very specifically <clears throat> made a point to write it that way and they're like we get why and we were grateful for that we yeah. mentioned that on our podcast yeah, right. and, yeah. and by the end of it he is fat and he's still worthy like yeah. they mm-hmm. made yeah. that point they made that mm-hmm. point so if people are and, still listening for that they made that point and he's still like you know a leader and people look up to him mm-hmm. and he still has that moment kind of of like usurping peter quills yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, as the, as you supering Peter Quill as the head of the Guardians of the Galaxy and mm-hmm. everyone looking to him, well, even though if he's still anything, fat. you yeah. could say the one time he makes a really good decision for the people he's supposed to be king for is when he's Fat Thor and gives up the throne yeah. to someone who cares. Yeah, you know that's true. Um, I thought my favorite. So there's a, a number of different tweets about all of this. Um, my favorite was uh, from I, I don't know how to attempt this name. It's at uh, black Bolex, BLK, BLCK Bolex. Uh, it would have been nice if we got to keep Fat Thor for a while because it would have been nice to see him learn to love his body and find it valid and worthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then he had, but then why does he lose weight? I mean, if he, because is he going to be Fat Thor forever? Why, you know, so then that's I, the other question. I think that would have been interesting because, so I, have you, I don't know if anyone else in the room has watched Bojack Horseman. Yes. Not really, no. Okay. So I you have. you and you watch the whole show. Mm-hmm. So in the final season, the character of Diane gains weight because of um, medication she's on. Mm-hmm. And then she is just, her character stays the same size after gaining the weight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is just her character now and it's not a thing. And I think that would have been an interesting approach to take with Thor, but I also know like it's not, I, I it's, mean, I knew it wasn't going to happen. But it's like, Thor. It's, just a, yeah. Yeah. it's a huge franchise, yeah. But also, you know, let, let's take in the marketing effect. It's Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth can't gain the weight to do to do the role. Uh, yeah. So he would have to wear a fat suit uh, the entire time. And then we're back in the fat suit. I, which I mean, would be back in fat suit land and yeah. exhausting for the actor. I think, yeah. you know, I will say, just given and like the level of like 
fat Thor, fat Chris Hemsworth could gain that weight. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I know, but I'm saying for his career, that's probably not. Well, but also that's not fair to ask of the actor. I don't yeah. think he should be yeah, made to gain not. weight any more than you would require an actor to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Anyway, I mean, yeah. the movie looks fun. Like aside from that, yeah. like I don't. And, and this is just the teaser trailer. We don't. Yeah, true. I mean, we make so many judgments off of these 15, 30 second trailers. Yeah, yep. It's it's a little it's a little more substantive. It's mm-hmm. it's a good like minute and a half, but it's definitely like, I think my curiosity is more about like how long in the movie does it take before he goes through his weight loss mm-hmm. montage? Like, mm-hmm. do we get a good first act of him still as Fat Thor? Does or that, is it- why does that matter to you? Uh, because it just gives us a little bit of what we wanted. Like, does he get to be a hero as Fat Thor still? To or, remind or us that was, that's still possible? No, just as a curiosity. Literally just as a, like, I am interested in watching that, and I'm curious how much oh, we I get mm-hmm. from this movie. Because you just like to see more fat superheroes. Sure, yeah. And, right. like, we got a bit of it at the end of Endgame. It's clearly possible. Mm-hmm. And so, like, do we get any more of it in this movie? Yeah, it's just curiosity. All right. All right. Kind of uh, tangentially related to, in in Marvel Fat News, <laughs> there is a new action figure available yeah. of Ned Leeds from yes. the Spider-Man movies. And it's actually Ned and P- it's like, it's the Ned two Leeds of them. and Peter Parker. Do we need to remind people who Ned Leeds is? Peter's uh, best friend. Yeah. His chubby but best he's friend. He's the, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the man in the chair. Yes. The man in the chair. himself. Um, and it's, it's just very cute. It's, it's the two of them. You can have uh, your little, uh, you know, Chub chaser, make him make him smooch. Just tap them together. There you go. That's what and we do. They, <laughs> and they give. Uh, they even have like you can swap certain like uh, uh, parts, accessories, and things. Yeah, and you can you can swap <laughs> oh Ned's my. you can swap Ned's head out uh, for the scene in um, No Way Home. No Way Home. Uh, I think it's home? one no of the earlier home. ones. Uh, anyway, anyway, where he wears coming. the where he wears the Spider Man. Yeah. Um, uh, head. What? Oh, that's fine. Chubby Spider Man head. It's not a hat. Cowl. What is it? Mask. Cowl. Cowl. Mask. There we go. Not a hat. <laughs> um, it's a cowl. It's a cowl. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so it looks pretty cool, and we're mm-hmm. glad to see some representation. So we've talked about this before, but it is, I, I thought it was monumental coming from BBC. Oh, yeah. yeah for BBC real. talking about weight dis- the weight discrimination problem in workplaces. Yeah. Yeah, because usually BBC is just the mouthpiece for the uh, National Health Services talking about how you know obese people need to get mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the, the incident they specifically kind of start off talking about is in 2018, uh, this woman named Courtney, who they left her last name out for privacy, mm. was working at a Canadian fashion company, and she found she was being left out of meetings. With and clients. Then, yes, with clients. Yeah. And uh, her boss... We're sitting her down for a performance review and basically confronted her saying she's too fat. Well, but no, the performance you're, review starts with you're doing really great. Your numbers yeah. are up. We love what you're doing, but you're too fat and we can't put you in front of people. Specifically, mm-hmm. like you're Jesus embarrassing. Christ. You're yes. embarrassing to have around and you should lose weight so that you can participate in these. Yeah, then we meetings. would find you, you know, acceptable enough to trot out in front of in front of people. It's just despicable. And and the, But here's the point. In almost no places, I think I can think of two, there's almost, there's there are no anti-discrimination laws based on body size. So mm-hmm. firing her or, or shafting her because she's fat is perfectly legal. In most places, yeah. In yeah. the United States, there is Michigan, which mm-hmm. passed a law in 1976, I think, or 74, like a long time ago. Um, and Massachusetts, and Massachusetts, 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 Massachusetts been, and New York have laws pending. pending. Yeah, but um, it's been pending for a while, like yeah. 10 and years actually, so. it's well, But it's actually like moving forward now. Um, and NAFA is kind of getting involved in that. If you live in either place, mm. um, for this episode, I will put a link to, um, NAFA's working with people to kind of speak on behalf of like why Ooh. these laws should pass. Very yeah. cool. So I'll put the link in the episode description. And this. in my experience, that's what moves the needle is people telling their stories. Like, like this woman in the BBC article, Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. uh, people telling their stories and because otherwise it's just like, ah, well, they just lose weight. Well, and people don't understand the problem. I can't imagine how it would feel having to go back to that place mm-hmm. every day and work with these people knowing that that's what they think. Oh, well, God, and which yeah. people? Because you know? it's just the boss. How widespread that's, is this yep. opinion? Well, no, and that yeah. seed that's is planted for every single person you work with then. Yeah, well, and how have they talked to each other and like- and, yeah. and that feeling in the company of like, am I next? Right, well, sure, yeah. Like, and how many other people are- So this specifically was fashion. Yeah. Um, and so I think there's probably a propensity, a higher propensity for that to happen there. But they do talk about- other industries and a yeah. lot of like roles, like customer facing roles for people 
and specifically, I mean, the the fact that this applies more frequently and more intensely to women mm. uh, than it does for men. Yeah, and there are st- statistics to bear that out, talking about how an increase of one unit of BMI for women means that their salary comes like down. Almost two, it's like 1.83%. 1.83% something like that. is yeah. decrease in salary for every one unit of BMI. Um, just because of perception, just yeah. because of perception it has nothing to do with their performance. It has nothing to do with them as, as individuals. It's just what they look like. Yeah. Well, even just, so in the article, they talk about a 2021 study. It was across um, Australia, Canada, France, Germany, UK, uh, and the U S and 58% of people who responded to the survey said they experienced weight stigma from their colleagues. Yeah. That's yeah. Holy crap. Well, and then you have these, insane CEOs and managers like let's do a weight loss drive. Oh, let's have a, let's have a fitness team building exercise retreat thing. Uh, there was, just, um, cause you know, fat camp didn't traumatize you. We well, can that, still get I mean, that, that, that rolls down from the insurance companies that give these massive incentives that companies can't afford to ignore. You know, it's they're. I mean, I've seen it. Yeah. Like they no, forced right. them into it. It's ridiculous. There was this guy on Twitter who was the CEO of some company he was talking about a weight loss incentive they were doing at work where basically people could get like an extra mm, m- month's salary. They would get bonuses for weight loss. Um, oh God. And if they oh, got their yeah, BMI under, like from, you know, overweight to basically just normal, but like leaving out people where it's like, there's there's no way that in this time span, they could lose yeah. the amount of weight needed to get- Oh, Trevor, please. A, they could a, get a amputated. A month's bonus. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> and, and, the, and the, speaking from personal experience, like it is physically impossible for my body to get to what the BMI says my body should be. Mm-hmm. I would have to lose bone. Yeah. You know, like, oh, Don, please don't be a quitter. <laughs> Michael, do you have like a chainsaw sound effect? <laughs> uh, I definitely have a, no, I don't have any. Okay. I definitely, oh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what happens. Give as back my leg. Done. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think, I mean, so one of the things they focused on was just the fact that in Massachusetts and New York, these laws have been pending, um, but it hasn't been pressing enough to take seriously. So like we have to make it pressing. Tell the well, stories, tell the stories. And the fact, I mean, I think the fact that it's like, we are seeing all of these outlets, BBC, you know, our, our fat watch is kind of relevant to this. Mm-hmm. Actually talk about this. Google is talking about, acknowledging fat people, I mean, as, as customers, but also just like talking to fat people in the terms they want to be talked to. We're oh, seeing yeah. this shift. We're seeing these changes happen. And the way to keep moving forward is just to keep talking about it, sharing your experiences, sharing, you know, things from the BBC with your friends and family, because mm. they might not listen to fat activists who have been doing this work for years and years and decades but the fact that um, that the major outlets, that thin people, that just that these discussions are happening, in, and like in England, or like literally, <laughs> you know, the, what, last year we were talking about, you know, England's trying to take away fat kids from their parents, like, and right. now they're talking about oh, weight bias in the workplace, in the <laughs> pip, pip. in in BBC. Um, so apropos of this, I had a, my mom and stepdad came up to visit for my birthday over the weekend. Mm. Um, and we were all sitting around talking and catching up. And uh, I I don't remember exactly how it came up. It might've been just talking about the podcast in general, like, oh, how's it going? And my stepdad, who is a good natured person, but I think also becoming kind of that like middle-aged white guy, uh, like vaguely privileged middle-aged white guy was like, why does it matter? Like, I think he, maybe he used the word, obese. Yeah. I think he used the word obese. And then it was like, well, isn't that the preferred term? Cause it's a medical term. And, yeah. and it was interesting because I mean, I obviously jumped in and was starting to set it straight, but then my mom was like, no, that is not okay. And like, here, wow. the like, and it was kind of cool. Like I didn't have to be the, the only advocate in the room. Like my mom was like educating him. Mm-hmm. And then at, there was a point where like, we talked about it for like five minutes or so. And it was getting into other, like the reason why terminology is important for any kind of oppressed minority. And then he was getting to this place of like, oh, well, it's like, he was sort of becoming evasive. Like, oh, we don't have to talk about this right now. And she was like, no, we should talk about this. Oh, wow. <laughs> She's like, not letting, not him, letting off him go for that. Yeah. I was kind of like, yeah, okay. I mean, I, I love him. So he's not, it's not mm-hmm. like a, a 
you know, he's not a bad person, but, but it's just cool to see that. That also sounds like a mom telling someone that they're in her, that she's in their corner. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's mm-hmm. nice. And that's kind of awesome. That's nice. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. It's, it's cool. To, like those small ripple effects. I, she would never have done that before I started, you know, before I was participating in the podcast. Right. Yeah. Right. So that, that is a direct effect of me being vocal about who I am and what I believe. I think this is the perfect point to just kind of swerve right in. We're lifting off. We're taking off. We're soaring into fat watch. We're weaving. We're turning. There's a, it's this, the Alpine scene from soaring over California. There's (laughs) some fresh pine. (laughs) And you know, BBC's talking about anti-fat bias and CNN. On, on the, this was sent in by a listener on the homepage of CNN.com. (laughs) CNN.com <laughs> period <laughs> backslash HTML. Garbage file. No, no. Actually, they have a section. Wasn't this a particular it's section? It's in CNN Health, but the article was also on the CNN.com homepage. Right. Um, basically, uh, we need to stop complimenting weight loss. And here's what to say instead. Uh, written by Kristen Rogers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's an article that's also based around an interview uh, with uh, Tamara Pryor. And it's really cool because basically it tackles that exact thing that I run into with my stepdad most right. recently where yeah. it's like, Oh, you've, you look great. You look like you've lost weight. And I'm just like, okay. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. And it, it, but also goes from, it's not just about, not just, it's not only about, you know, living life in a fat body, but also like say you're anorexic and you're struggling with a major eating disorder or say you had cancer and you lost a bunch of weight because you didn't have a choice. And like, there's so many reasons for somebody to be the size that they are. And she tackles like, here is why we just need to take this way of interacting with people out of society. Is that, is that anecdote about the dressing room in that article? I think it is. Yes. There's this amazing example where this, uh, a mother and daughter are in a, in a store and the, the daughter is uh, recovering from an eating disorder. I think anorexia. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the mother sees her in the dressing room and the mother says, uh, oh my gosh, I never realized you were that thin. And the saleswoman comes up behind her. She's like, are you kidding? I would kill to be that thin. You look oh. fantastic. No, yeah. I think it was, I would die to be that thin. And it's like, literally, literally, this, yeah. that, oh, this, yeah. you know, this eating disorder. She is dying yeah, to be yeah. that thin. Yeah. Well, and, the, and and to clarify, the mother was like, I'm so sorry. Like yeah. she was empathizing with the daughter. Like, I'm yes. so sorry. This is what you went through. I didn't realize it was so yeah, extreme. I'm so, yeah. She's apologizing yeah. for not knowing and for not realizing. Right. And, and, and the sales person just, just blows comes that in. up and says, but you look so skinny. That's fantastic. And like, the thing is like, so the, a lot of the, there were a lot of examples given for like places where this is just a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, what should you say? And say, don't, Talk about, <laughs> just don't talk about the body. And it's like, it's as simple as, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in so long. You look so happy. Like you just, you're, you're radiating. I love how you feel so happy right now. Well, which is honestly, like, that's the impetus for it all. It's the, it's the thought after this, like, well, the reason they look good is they must've lost weight because how else would they look good? Mm-hmm. You know, it's this, it's this idiocy of weight loss is always good. Weight loss is always better than not. It, it, it's silly mm. and it's destructive. And I've all, I've also just, for me, I've discovered just there's this like really small, you know, cause as a chaser, you often want to compliment someone, <laughs> someone you find attractive, yeah. which is usually a fat person. And just how you language that, how you say that yeah. there is such a difference for just for an example, like here's a, this is such a tiny linguistic difference, but um, I think a major effect. If I say, wow, Don, you really look great in that shirt. That's about you looking good in that shirt and it can set off things like, well, do I not look good in other things? Yeah. I look good in true. that shirt. Okay, what's what's different about this shirt? Is it covering me up more? Is it not? Co- what, mm. And it sends you down that track. Mm-hmm. But if I say, wow, that shirt really looks good on you. Hmm. Now mm-hmm. I've centered the shirt hmm. and it's a fashion comment. Oh, it's interesting. Not a, it's not yeah. a personal comment. I, I feel that. I feel that. That shirt really looks great on you. Nah, mm-hmm. you have improved the shirt, not the shirt yeah. has improved you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I like that. I it's, hadn't, I don't think I quite considered it And it's it very way. minor. Like it, it's almost, I think it's below the level of notice for most people. So people might think like, oh, he's being picky. But I think 
internally it can have an effect for a lot of people. Not everybody, obviously. No, because sure. the, the shirt example you've just given is a path I've walked down before. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. What's wrong yeah. with my other shirts? <laughs> or, or yeah, how do, like, yeah, do, does this hide me more or something? If, the, yeah. if these are the issues you struggle with, of course you're going to assume that people are commenting on that because people always comment on that. It's, mm-hmm. it's a thing that happens. Um, yeah, I, I like that a lot. And it, it makes it about you are like, yeah, like you are improving the shirt and it works, it works well together. Yeah. Or, you know, let's say you're not even sure. Like, for example, a lot of times if I, if I compliment a woman just because I find her striking, like, I don't know what that piece of our garment is called. Cause I don't, mm-hmm. I don't wear or buy, you know, uh, women's clothing, but I might just say, wow, you look stunning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Done. I'm just done. Yeah. Straightforward. <laughs> I think something that I, I don't know, I just, I thought of it because it was kind of around this conversation was uh, someone complimented my hair the other day and they were like, oh, like, oh, I love how your hair looks today. But like, oh, I don't know, like how to, like, is that okay to say? I'm like, oh no, yeah. But I'm thinking of the opposite version of that where I've gotten a haircut and someone's like, oh, I love your haircut. Your face looks so much thinner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's just yeah. like, it doesn't. Also literally doesn't. But yeah, I think just it. I think what they're trying to say is that you look more streamlined, so you can move faster. Yeah, like like a, like a there's less hair resistance. Clearly, your new haircut causes less drag. Oh uh, yeah, your your hair looks great. It's causing less drag. Good, a perfect way to you look to very wind that. resistant. Yeah. <laughs> oh lord, you're gonna do great in that wind tunnel later. Mm-hmm. So it's super cool to see stuff like that. And again, major outlets, BBC, CNN, um, and we'll continue to point them out as they happen. But I think that's a, a huge component of changing a deeply set societal stigma. And there are small ways to do it. Look, and can I say that I'm often on the other side of it where someone, uh, uh, a fat guy will come up to me and go like, you see, look how much weight I've lost. Oh, and, oh now, and now what do I do with that? So huh. I've thought a lot about that and responses I've, I've come up with are, uh, wow, seems like you're really happy about that. Mm-hmm. So I'll just reflect. I mean, yeah, just, I'll just reflect and make it about how they feel. Yeah. Make it about how they feel. And cause I, cause if I don't want to really feel good. Right, cause I'm not, I don't want to get trapped in like, wow, that's so great. Mm. Well, cause yeah, you don't necessarily like that I, feels uncomfortable for me. It come, feels so, uncomfortable yeah. for me. And I also like, cause I don't want to celebrate weight loss. I want to celebrate that you're happy. Sure. Mm. Yeah. I like that. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's just, um, I guess like presenting it's, yeah, I guess it's that idea of like, you expect everyone to have a compliment ready for something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and like, how do, how do you say like, yeah, I'm not comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can say as a fat person, the most physical compliments I have ever received in my lifetime have been related to weight loss. Yeah. I'm shocked. Like I don't get many other compliments physically, Mm. you know? So there you go. Yeah. It makes sense that you should drift and reach for that when Mm -hmm. you feel like I earned my cookie. Give me my goddamn compliment. (laughs) You know, are you done? Are you suggesting that we just carry around cookies and when people, I'm just curious why you don't carry cookies around. (laughs) Doesn't everyone. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. Emergency cookies. Emergency cookies. Michael, go fetch us a cookie for the main topic. Yes. <laughs> I could, num, num, I could num, go num, bake num, some. Num, 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 num. Well, the Ritz. I mean, crackers, yeah. cookies. I don't know. Oh, true. There, there's, uh, there's great segue. <laughs> great segue, Michael. <laughs> um, so, so, yes. For this week, <laughs> our audience was warned last week that we were going to watch the movie The Ritz from 1976. Mm-hmm. Uh, starring Jerry Stiller, Rita Moreno, and uh, Hope West. Treat Williams. She, she, she something Houston. Uh, Weston. Treat, Treat Williams Jack and Jack Weston. Well, and the other thing is that I think people don't know this. This is based on Terrence McNally's uh, Broadway play mm-hmm. of the same title. It is also Which written one, by Terrence McNally. That's what I mean. Yeah. 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 And no, the, 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 oh, the, the movie is. Yeah, the screenplay is Terrence yeah. McNally. And Rita Moreno won a Tony for her role on the Broadway stage for this. Yes. Yep. And the... Uh, Movie, I believe, either won or was nominated for many like Golden Globe Award, like a lot of know, Golden Globes. Not, it's yeah. not like Oscars, but it's still like there, this was a very widely viewed, received movie. It was not. Uh, I think the the critical reviews were mixed, but that's what we're here for. <laughs> we're here to let you know what our critical reviews are. We we absolutely need for the people who haven't seen it or haven't had a chance. We need to give a just a summary of the yeah. movie. We need to explain the movie first, and then we can talk about it. 
Is that, okay, I, that's Dan, Dan, Dan do your thing. Okay, so um, upon the death of his father-in-law, uh, the character of- uh, Guy Proclo. Guy Proclo. Oh yeah, because his name is um, uh, Gaetano, so he goes by Guy. So Gaetano Proclo, uh, he is going to inherit the family garbage business, <laughs> But his brother-in-law which uh, doesn't want him to, and so has put a hit out on him. It might help to know the background of New York City that the, uh, the sanitation is usually controlled by the mob. Oh, that's oh, a common that, that in the audience in the theater in New York would have known that. Okay, yeah. got it. Uh, so that's why that comes. So uh, our hero has to hide out, and he gets in a cab, and he says to the cab driver, "Take me to the place where I am least likely to be found," and he takes him to a gay spa. Mm -hmm. And I use the word spa rather than bathhouse because, I mean, it is a bathhouse, but I say spa because if I say bathhouse, people, we think of what a bathhouse is today mm. and it's, it's not, different. it's not yeah. what a bathhouse was then, mm -hmm. which was far more grand and had entertainment. If you've heard stories of Bette Midler performing at the bathhouses, that's why. That's oh, what she was doing in San Francisco in the 70s. A lot of the iconic gay performers got their starts in bathhouses so in the, the 70s. So that's what the character that Rita Moreno play, plays is doing at the at a gay bathhouse. She is their She's entertainment. So and that's mm -hmm. why there's a pool and that's why there's massages and that's why it's so it's like, so over the bar. top. And, yeah. There's a bar. And 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 I've been in bathhouses like that cuz they still they still have some in Europe and they're extravagant. Mm -hmm. The point of the plot is uh, they eventually catch up with him. Hilarity ensues. And uh, I, it's, there's I, a I, private I, investigator there trying to track him down. Yeah, very yeah. handsome, very cute, yeah. adorable it's, private it's investigator. But it's a farce. But right? it's a farce. So there's, like, uh, there's a chaser character there who is immediately smitten with our fat protagonist mm. um, yep. and is chasing him down. Literally. And, uh, so, and which is why we picked this movie. Now, I saw this movie when I was in the single digits. Maybe I was like 10 or 11 uh, because my dad gave me permission to stay up and watch it on Playboy Channel. I have no idea why. Did he watch it with you? No. Ah. Oh. No. He, he left me to watch it alone. Um, there may be because he knew I was gay by that age. So like he was helping me get out from under my mom in a lot of ways to show me there is a world. Okay. So I, I'd like to think that. I don't know if that's the case, but. Huh. Why else um, would he have picked that movie specifically to let you say? Well, I think because it was on and it was innocuous. And he it's just, Terrence McNally. It's, it's, it's a Broadway it's a, thing. It's, it's a Broadway farce. Oh, he does love Broadway. It's yeah. a Broadway farce. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was the very first representation of a chaser that I ever saw on television or movie of any kind. I'm just curious, given that depiction of a chaser who is literally sex crazed, how did that leave you? <laughs> I didn't remember him being like that. Oh, I, I genuinely did didn't. I, th I, I just remembered that there was someone there who was attracted to him and it frightened him. Mm. That's all I remembered. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but I mean, so, keep in mind, 10 or 11. Sure, and, sure, sure. <laughs> also, that's something that Dan and I have a different context with watching this. Yeah, exactly. Where comedies in that time period could have a kind of rapey energy in their comedies. Definitely. And you wouldn't think twice about it. Mm -hmm. And this definitely had a rapey energy. So uh, Literally. So, he I mean, how I met your mother has a rapey energy about it. Yeah, actually, I mean, I would say it does definitely in like, but like in, it's, it's very whimsical in it's yeah it's very whimsical you can't you don't take it seriously yeah um yeah i am so it is farce you gotta Cla get it claude, claude perkins is the name of the chaser let's let's talk about claude let's i have a lot to say about the problem with claude the problem with <laughs> get away claude so i think the first thing i want to say is it is very easy to say oh look what they did to the chubby chaser they turned him into this sex crazed monster which is the stereotype of all chasers however we find out in the course of the movie because our, our the protagonist, um, uh, Gaetano, guy, guy, he says like, oh my God, I met a guy like this back in the army and he he was on, you know, trying to remember me then. Well, it turns out it's not all chasers. It's actually the same chaser both times. So it's, it's, it's really, <laughs> I mean, for what it's worth, <laughs> for what it's worth, it is, you know, you could say not all chasers, but <laughs> it literally is not all chasers because it's the same guy. It is very much specific to him. And there's a lot of that in the movie where it's like, oh, this thing that happened to you in the past, the reason it happened is because it's the same person. I mean, that is, 
I knew you were and I were going to. That yeah. is really looking for a silver lining, I think. Well, it is. I mean, I, the, the depiction is is awful. It's awful. <laughs> but at least it's not, at least it's the same chaser who is being awful. Sure. I, and I, I got to say, that is very typical. You know, you're going to go to this yeah. event, Michael, and you're going to see chasers behaving but, like but, that. But, and it is that chaser. I got to say, let's interject here. That character archetype is the wolf. Yes, right? yes. He yes. is the the horned up guy who has seen an object of his affection. And what I do find interesting is, in this case, the wolf is portrayed sort of the same way a straight wolf Absolutely. is. Absolutely. He's not that different from standard um, toxic male characters if, if, if in that I may, time period. If I may, this is the dottore in Italian commedia, yeah. who is always after the young maiden at any cost. Yeah. I think something else that's worth pointing out because it is yeah. the trope we see over and over with whenever there's a chubby chaser. I think you're about to say the same thing I was thinking. Chasers are not feeders. Yes. Thank oh, yeah. you. And this, but like, I, there was, I was, I was rolling my because eyes. Because in the movie, he is, in yeah, the movie, he movie, is constantly he's throwing about food, food and, and candy bars but, uh, at this guy. It was, I think what, like, why? Because I was really, ner- Don sent us a message when he was watching <laughs> it on Monday, like, Oh boy, this is a lot. It looks a lot worse than I remember it. So I was like, "Oh fuck!" Like, I think it got to the point when there was the briefcase full of candy, but like, yeah. it was just so over the top that it was kind of funny. And the briefcase full of candy bars, and then like, there's one point where it's like he's dumped out the candy bars, but there's like one left, and he like thro- tosses it up through the transom, through the the transom, open, the transom above the door. <laughs> where it's like, it's so bad. It's funny like it yeah, just got yeah. to the point where it was it was so bad like i got over it because it's like it's so bad and, and so I, 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 and that's farce that's i did farce the same is. thing i was laughing because i'm watching the guy pressed up against the door trying to keep the door closed with candy bars raining down in front of him <laughs> from being thrown and, over the transom and that yeah. last candy bar he throws up it gets stuck on the window and stays there the rest of the movie <laughs> which i loved uh, you know, but, i, I want to hear from michael because I think this I, Michael, Michael has very, a stunned. Look he looks very horror. uncomfortable. Yeah. I so I get that this is a farce and that every character in this is over the top and exaggerated and ridiculous and that's where the comedy comes from. There, I mean that this is the problem with being underrepresented yes, is that yeah. there are the vast majority of people will just assume that that's yes. how people like me are. And, and may I say that this, this is a funny send up stereotype in the plays 1975. And if we cut forward to the two thousands to diet land, it is, is it any different? It's no different no. except it's darker because it's right. diet land and right. it is a pathological feeder yeah. who is a, because, because they think a feeder and a chaser are the same thing. Right. And so mm-hmm. I just want to clarify for, I doubt many of our listeners really need to hear this, but chasers, huh. not the same as feeders and encouragers. Yeah. Not the same, We're not equivalent. Completely different. Sexuality. My goal in life is not to make people fatter. <laughs> yeah. It's not so like it's fine if that's your thing. It's not my thing. And then when people conflate those two and turn it into comedy that is very salacious and aggressive and the character is very rapey, all of those things yeah. conflate into something that I can't help but be offended by because like for instance, this is the thing that keep kept popping into my head because I just had this conversation on Saturday. If I had sat and watched that movie with my mom and my stepdad, like how much would I have to explain to them? Mm. Like they wouldn't make any assumptions about the Rita Moreno character because that's just a funny character. Right. And because they know, they just, they know enough about it to know how to contextualize it. So like I would have to sit after that movie and explain to them all of the reasons why that was done for comedic effect and also, that is a thing for certain types of people. It's not a thing for me. That's not the mm-hmm. same as being a chaser. Well, and may I say that if it had been me, let's say I had to watch that with my family members or my you know, friends who don't know anything about that, it would be embarrassing because mm-hmm. I would have to explain over and over again what you just said. Mm-hmm. And it's embarrassing to be mistaken for that. Right. So like watching this in isolation on your own or with your partner, like fine, like you can get some enjoyment out of it there. And I will say there are moments in that movie that made me laugh out loud, like uproariously funny. I think the movie as a whole is kind of fine. It's Terrence McNally with some great parts. Like, and and there's some really good performances in there. Like we've mentioned Rita Moreno who are coming back to and F Murray Abraham. Mm. Yes. But let's sit on Rita Moreno for a second. So, but just because of the chaser thing, I mean, it was kind of the same joke over and over and over. And there was, 
the joke with Mitterano. Kind of there was a lot. There was a lot though. of like anti-trans rhetoric. Oh yeah, a lot, oh, yeah. a lot. Which to the point to where I was like, is her character that's supposed what I to thought. be trans? Yeah, that's what I thought. Because it was because they hit that. They were just hitting that with a hammer over and over well, and over. And initially, I thought it was just like, oh, they're assuming that because she's. It's a woman performing in a gay bathhouse, and why else would she be there? Yeah, other because than the thing? straight people can't imagine another reason. But I was like, yeah. is her character supposed to be trans? And that's, it's like that. Yeah, the, that was confusing they, for me. They did establish pretty heavily in the beginning that's a woman. There yeah. is two women here. But, I mean, she is one of the two women. Trans women are in. So I was yeah. kind of just like I was because they kept yeah. hitting that. Like I was really unclear, and I. But again, this is a modern context. The, the way that they were doing it was, they were, if she, so she's a woman. Right. And we don't know if she's a trans woman or a bio, like biologically born woman. Yeah. And what we hear in the movie, which is what sets her off, is that people are misgendering her. They're calling her a man. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. but they're not yeah. saying, oh, that, you know, that woman who's pretending to be a woman, like they're calling her a man. Yeah. And, and that's what she's reacting to. And it's unclear if she, it, like for which direction she's coming from. Mm. And it's, I was confused also like Trevor, I was like, wait, so is she actually trans? In which case this is like even more yeah. <laughs> problematic or, but, and she turns out she's not, but like, yeah, I mean, we're, you're watching it through modern eyes, which is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But um, it does make it difficult sometimes to watch. That's why so many of these sort of topical comedies can be difficult to watch. Across right. Time. And I, but yeah, but what I wanted to hammer on. So what you're talking about here. So, I think watching it like the character of Chris played by F. Murray Abraham, mm. where he's so big and swishy. But and not all the time. Fun. But not right? all the time. There are a couple of moments where it really gets, gets very real. real. And it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. It's just beautiful. Um, but same thing with Googie Gomez played by Rita Moreno. She's huge and over mm. the top. And in that time period, right, what they were trying to do is those are the appealing characters. Those are the ones they expect the audience members to connect with. Mm. So when people come in, and they attack that woman for being a guy, or they attack the fruit, or the queer, or the queen, right? They're attacking people you like in that audience at that time period, and that that was that was the statement at yeah. the time in the theater. That was, these are human beings that you are saying this about, yeah. because the, the, uh, the unflattering characters, the ones that we think are assholes now, they were the the audience's way in in that time period. I I would I would definitely agree with you, Don. And I would also say to Michael's point, yes, I think your your vision of this is completely accurate. Absolutely. But mm-hmm. nobody in 1975 is confused about the character's gender of Rita Moreno. Yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah. just something I think it's important to mention for yes. No, you're absolutely if right. Any of our, right. Yeah, for no, you're instance, totally right. If any yeah. of our audience members are considering watching this going into it now, like I would put that giant yeah. like trigger warning at the top of it. And 100%. I will, and I will also say the way they handle the gay thing as opposed to the trans thing very different. Yeah. Because well, the gay I don't thing know is that like, they handle the trans thing at all. It's just oh, a joke. Oh no. No, 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 no. <laughs> I I would say that when when our straight character is uncomfortable about being surrounded by gay men, it is this sort of farcical, like, oh, I don't know about this. Oh, you know, you better get your get your hand off my whoa ho ho. But when it gets down to like, are you're a guy, aren't you? That's well, of course you lost your job. Well, of course you did. Look at you. Yeah. Like it gets very it get it gets teeth real fast. And I found that a very offensive well, and different handling. Yeah. And I don't- that's, that's, That was I, my point. Yeah. Like, yes. That's what I was saying. What I'm, well, and what I'm saying is the, it, the, it isn't, that isn't, that, that wasn't the farce. That gets vicious real fast. Mm-hmm. And I think it could have been played for farce, but again, the audience of the time, that is the most disgusting thing they can think of. That's a good point that Michael, but that, that was a point I popped out and I had to like get my way back into the movie. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, for, for me, the experience of watching the movie was at points, like I laughed hysterically in, in a lot of ways that like modern comedies, I'll kind of chuckle and be entertained, but I don't really laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, there no. are some very, very funny moments. I mm-hmm. laughed out loud frequently at this movie. Even sometimes once I got over the chase of representation and going like, look, it's farce, it's funny, but it's hard to swallow. And if I had to explain it to someone else, that would be awkward. Yeah. I didn't write down a lot, but one thing I wrote down was a uh, Crisco oil party in room for <laughs> <laughs> So there yeah, are calls yeah. at different points during the movie. Yeah. There's just a call for some orgy or another going on at some room or another. Well, it's, it's F. Murray Abraham. 
Yeah. It's F. Murray Abraham trying to get anyone into his room and no one hmm. coming up. That's is it always can, the same room? It's always the same room. Oh, and it's I didn't F. Catch Murray that. Abraham hanging over the edge, like orgy in room 404 in five <laughs> minutes. And then he comes out in five minutes, Joe Namath in room 404 <laughs> right. in five minutes. Uh, <laughs> I, I should also say that, I mean, and Crisco made me think of it. Mm. Be, well, there's, for example, today, you probably wouldn't, you wouldn't use an oil-based lubricant, right? Because of condoms. Sure. Okay, so this kind of, and it, it, it touches on what you said, Don, like you and I have a different relationship to this time period. Mm -hmm. Because, and I'm even older than you are. So when I was a young gay man, this, and, and you know, sort of at the beginning of the AIDS epidemic, this was the era that people were nostalgic for. This is yeah. what mm -hmm. they missed. This is where they experienced their first sexual liberation. And I think it needs to be said, like, why would you go to such a bathhouse, spa, whatever? And it's like, because it was the only place you could go and be who you wanted to be, be you. Because you had to be straight for your family, you had to be straight for your job, you had to be straight for your straight, straight friends. And this was the only only place you could like let it loose and do whatever you needed or wanted to do. And there was a huge nostalgia for that in the AIDS epidemic because it was the AIDS epidemic was all about you know, like anything you want to do is going to get you killed mm -hmm. uh, either by homophobes because of the increased homophobia or just because you'll die of a disease. And so there's, you know, there's, there's sort of this um, desert Island motif that I feel, I don't know, I don't know if I'm, if this is, if it works for you, Don. Saying. I mean, I know that for me, like just, you know, I didn't grow up during that period, but just like knowing that this is like pre-AIDS crisis, this is 1976 and just, I don't know, knowing it's coming, it's almost like watching just like stuff like right before, like, I don't know, pre 9-11 stuff and just this vibe of like mm. knowing things are going to shift, knowing there's this monumental yeah. huge like the world is never going to be the same and like looking back on that like dan said like you know this desert island this no like this thing that is so far gone and so far removed and it was it was bet midler performing in the san francisco bathhouses mm -hmm. judy garland who was a major gay icon had died only six years before this you know it was huge um it was huge. well and so the the ritz you know it was a broadway play um uh, a listener, Bats Langley, mm -hmm. wonderful artist, talked about seeing the revival of this mm. um, with Rosie Perez as Gugu Gomez. Oh, fun. Um, and actually Kevin Chamberlain as um, actor uh, Guy Proclo. And just, uh, I was I was researching kind of like, what were their revivals? And just people disparaged it because I think they just really didn't get what Dan was talking the about. The era. Yeah. That it's like, oh, it's this weird, you know, it's pre-AIDS and it's just, Talking, almost like kind of like framing it as irresponsible. Yeah. Mm. We also had another listener who played Guy Proclo in a, really? a, a oh. regional performance. It is, it is something that it's like when you watch a movie like this, one of the things to keep in mind is that it does play with offense, right? That is part of the period. So just a quick side story. The play was inspired by Rita Moreno doing this party character of Googie Gomez where what she did was she took every single offensive character that she'd ever been given to audition for uh -huh. and mashed them together into this character and repackaged it into a way where she was controlling the insanity and she was controlling the portrayal. And he loved that so much. He wrote a play around that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, while I think it's very easy to look at Googie Gomez and go like, what the hell are you Oh, portraying? what an offensive stereotype, yeah. It's actually something that came from a, a place of control where she was owning that. Yeah, reclaiming it. Yeah. Check it out if you're up to it. Obviously, I mean, I think yeah, just, I don't, you know. I, I will say, if we're going for like reviews and recommendations, I don't, I would not recommend this movie personally. I I got enjoyment out of it. I don't think I would recommend it to anybody. I would I would definitely not watch it alone. I would say maybe yeah. if you have your little, little like, you know, Chub Chaser, that group. I think because there's a there's a lot that works. There's a lot that doesn't work. I think that's kind of true of, I mean, the further you go back in time, <laughs> the worse things get. I mean, yeah. I, you know, for my birthday a couple of years ago, I'm like, I want to rewatch the Austin Powers movies <laughs> with friends who hadn't seen it. And like, I knew like 
you know, I, I knew Fat Bastard, I knew that, but it was just so much worse than I remembered. Yeah. Um, and it was just kind of a weird vibe. If you do check it out, let us know what you think. Sure. Share yeah. your feelings. Um, cause you're probably going to have some feels and also just, I don't know, uh, Crisco oil party in room 413. <laughs> <laughs> clean up on aisle seven. Um, I do have a tip. We have a tip today. Yes. So this is, um, I found, I, I got ads for this uh, website and they were talking about infinite sizing, all bodies. And I was, I'm always dubious of that. <laughs> oh, really? Because, <laughs> But this is actually for all bodies to an extent because this uh, Coulter Dillon is a site that sells individually cut and sewn t-shirts. And how it works is hmm. basically they advise you to find a shirt that you like the cut of, you like the fit. Your and, yeah, what is your favorite t-shirt? Yes. Send us its dimensions and we'll make you a shirt of those dimensions okay. in Jersey fabric. Almost, I think they have three or four colors and all sorts of different logos or your own logo that you can put on it. And uh, yeah. Okay. Um, the, the waist, I was looking at the dimensions. I mean, obviously there are cutoffs. It's not like you, you're not going to get a t-shirt with like, you know, a, a, a 200 inch waist, but I think it goes up to basically a waist. Again, this is for a t-shirt size, not a pant size, but the t-shirt size goes up to like a 54. You can wait. And basically what you do is the maximum width of the bottom of the shirt is I think 28 and a half, okay. 23, uh, 20, maybe 26, anyway, something like that. So if you figure double that to encircle the waist, that's about what you're talking mm -hmm. about. So I think it's in the 50s somewhere. Okay. Which is reasonable. Yeah, I mean, that's it's reasonable. It's having that as an option. Yeah. Is, and you can control the length of the shirt as well. Yeah, because like different people have different requirements. And we've, how did you say how much it was to do that? $30. I don't know if there's. Hmm. That seems reasonable. Yeah. It probably. Me. Does it change? Is there, a, is, there, is there a fat tax or. Um, I'm looking at that now. It shouldn't matter then because the, that's what always kills me is that the materials is the least expensive part of the shirt. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think there's a fact. They don't make them one inch longer. Like hmm. every man I've ever met needs their shirt one inch longer. <laughs> yep. I, I would be included in that. All right. Are we ready for our bit? I yes, got my gun. Okay. <laughs> this is another buzzer game. Which means we have guns. We have, yes. Because we don't have buzzers. And we're American. <laughs> so this, seemed, this seemed like such a good idea when I thought of it. <laughs> so we do not have buzzers. So everyone uh, except, except me has equipped themselves with a Nerf gun. Dan, can you adjust your wire? Because I'm not going to be able to shoot Don. <laughs> no, they the orange shoot wire. me. Oh. Uh, when I ask them a question that has a very difficult answer, and then I will read off a number of hints. When they think they know the answer, they will shoot me. To buzz in. And I will say their name, and they can give me the answer. You realize this is an audio medium, right? <laughs> they can hear the gun, and they can hear me scream when I get shot. All right. This should be on Patreon. Question one. <laughs> The actor who played the chubby chaser Claude in The Ritz mm. had a long and quite notable career in many areas of entertainment. Interestingly, yeah, interestingly he was a featured player on an extremely notable show that every per Oh my God. Sorry. That was, that was face. That yeah, was not the face. I thought that was the hand. I'm sorry. <laughs> not the face. No, his hand is lower. Well, I'm going to, okay. So Trevor just you better, have, him, you I'm better have the right reading, answer. I'm going to finish reading the question for everyone. He was a featured player on an extremely notable show that every person in this room and most likely every single one of our listeners has seen at one point. Hmm. Even if they haven't, they likely know a lot about it. What show is it? Sesame Street. You are correct. Huh. Uh, Sesame Street. He was a Muppet performer on seasons three through five of Sesame Street. So we didn't see his face. He operated a Muppet. But you heard his voice. Oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, so there you go. For the arm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question two, the closing credit song, Liberated Man, mm. is sung by C.T. Wilkinson. While you may not recognize him by that name, you've almost certainly heard of him by another. What is the better known name of C.T. Wilkinson? Hint one, born in Ireland, got famous on the West End. Question two, uh, answer, hint two, Tony Award nominee in 1987. Hint three, most famous role was from Les Miserables. I got nothing. Four, Jean Valjean. No. no. None of us know Les Mis that well. Oh, okay. Uh, well, all of you 
turn in one point off of your gay cards. Uh, C.T. Wilkinson is better known as Colm Wilkinson, the person who originated Jean Valjean in the West End and Broadway. Oh, there's a whole bunch of people who are really mad at us for not getting yeah. this. I think Craig probably knew that. I think he saw that original production yeah. back when it happened. Yeah. Um, and thought it was terrible. Because <laughs> it was like six hours long. I think oh I remember the well, story. If you, uh, if you saw the movie version of Les Mis, oh my God. he played the priest in that. Okay. Hmm. All right. Two different actors made their film debut in the Ritz. Which two actors? Hint. You see both of them half naked. <laughs> you see everyone half naked. I mean, do we, hold on. Do we have to know the names? Can we just say the characters? You could say the characters. That'd be okay. Okay. Oh. Uh, the, the two um, sort of like ushers slash handlers for um, Googie, Rita Marina's Incorrect. Oh, oh, damn it. That's a good guess. Uh, hint two. One loved drinking in Boston. <gasps> I mean, I know I know one of them. I got it, I got it, I got it. You got both? Okay, well, hold on. Trevor buzzed in first. Oh, he did? Well, no, I mean, he didn't. I, I, he didn't I, well, shoot I, his gun. Oh, I, but, oh, you shot it. I'm sorry. I thought but he doesn't know both. Oh. Do you know both? No, I only know one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we can uh, split the point. I know John Ratzenberger is one of them. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Patron. Mm -hmm. um, I was going to say... Um, Probably treat Williams as no. You no. are correct. No, treat oh, had done hair that, by this time. That no? was his first. It was movie premiere. It is on his biography. What the is Ritz his was movie? his first movie premiere? What about what about hair? I don't know when hair came out. Hair can't have been that late. <laughs> I um, dispute this. I dispute. All right, <laughs> and the final question. Okay, this one is the hardest one of the bunch. You guys didn't get the Comb Wilkinson one, so I'm challenging you on this one. Okay. I still don't remember who that All is. Right? You're, I'm going to be asking you about the character, but you will get bonus points if you could name the actor, all right? Lots of people involved with the Ritz had received Drama Desk, Tony, and Golden Globe nominations both before and after the movie. While most everyone watching it would recognize Rita Moreno from her Academy Award win for West Side Story, one other actor in the cast had previously been nominated for an Oscar. Mm. Which character did they play? In... This movie. In the Ritz. Okay. One, there's no small roles in Hollywood. Two, she's only got one or two lines. Oh, it's... Michael. Oh. We were close. Uh, that was pretty close. All right, well, he called me. So it's it's um Guy's wife. No. No. I was going to say the... Uh, Trevor. Well, you well, hold on, Dan. Okay. No, I was going to say the same thing, except okay. the actor's name is Kay Ballard. Okay. okay. Uh, Guy's daughter. Guy's daughter? No. His daughter? He has a daughter? Okay. Uh, hint three. She's only in the one scene at the beginning. Oh, okay. There's no accounting for why she took the part. Oh, who is Trevor? That? The, the old woman accountant. That is correct. Who is she? Oh. Look out for the female accountant who has uh, one whole line in the Ritz. She's played by Bessie Love, who oh, got her right. Oscar nomination back in 1930 for The Broadway Baby. Oh, my gosh. Right. She hands uh, uh, Jerry Stiller's character <laughs> oh, the, the bill. <laughs> She's the plot. <laughs> the take. She, she, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I can't believe this didn't come up during the, the main topic. Jelly Roll Baby. Oh, my God. I was like, Jesus. is that a song? And I was looking it up. It's not a song. This is the refrain that the chubby chaser screams at the top of his lungs every time he gets too excited to... I don't do anything. Which else. is basically constant. Constant. Yeah. yeah. He's constantly aroused and he just screams, Jelly Roll, baby, my jelly roll. Oh, it's, it's not. We got it's an not email pretty. saying that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the person recommended. Well, it was it was when you gave a call out for Chaser representation mm -hmm. and someone mentioned mm -hmm. this movie and ended the recommendation with Jelly Roll, baby. Uh, and now we know why. But, but what, what was what was it? Is it just a thing he it's says? Just a th it's it's from just a thing. The it's just from the play. Oh, it's oh, not. Okay. It's not a song that we could find. If if some listener out there knows some hidden origin of why the chubby chaser keeps screaming this, other than the obvious reason, uh, it's probably. It's probably. The <laughs> I don't think reason. there's much that's subtle or clever about that character. <laughs> it's probably just the obvious. I would be shocked if it weren't. Oh, I'm hoping it's some secret message that we need a decoder ring for. No, I don't think so. Yeah, probably not. So if they do know where Jelly Roll Baby <laughs> comes from, Trevor, where can they tell us? Well, we're on Twitter and Instagram as at Big Fat Gay Pod. Our Patreon is patreon.com <laughs> slash Big Fat Gay Podcast. Uh, Facebook. 
five star reviews. <laughs> I, you know, give it up. Five star reviews. It's been everywhere. a long episode. Yeah. Um, see the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. You made it. We're here. We're done. We did it. We did it. <laughs> Our longest episode in, in recent memory. Yeah. I think. Wow. It's uh, It's been a long one. It's maybe. Maybe you were about to uh, rent the Ritz, and now you're like, I don't know. <laughs> um, and you hear a knock at the door, Jesus and Christ. it's it's Claude Perkins, the oh, Monster no. Chaser. So super, super watch. <laughs> <laughs>